Thank you, everybody, for showing up. John, Ashley, Marwan, and welcome to the 11th episode of Ariel's Insights. And I've created a new catchphrase. Welcome to Ariel's Insights, where we discussed philosophy that presents the possibility of informing our humanity. Sounds like something you can say while you're rapping, but I really thought that the, the, this new catchphrase sounds a lot smoother 
and a lot better. And I get like these amazing ideas, like while I'm showering or while I'm just like laying in my bed while my thoughts are running wild. And I thought of saying that presents a possibility of advancing our humanity. But I just said that informing sounded a little more appropriate because like information is so transformative these days anyway. So uh, that's the new catchphrase. I, I still like diving into a sea of philosophy and things like that. But the, the new one that I put up on my profile kind of rolls off the tongue, tongue a little bit better. So today's subject for episode 11 is uh, work. And as you know, what I do is I go through what I think about it, and then I invite all of you up to share what you think about it. So when I when I think, and, and the, the reason why I put this subject under politics, because I really think that there's a political definition here of work, that when we're talking about work that actually gets monetary compensation, it's under the category of jobs and or a career. But yet we overlook other things as, you know, we call them hobbies, we call them, you know, side things or volunteer. So we have a very specific definition of what gets transacted with when it comes to money and what is just like uh, for fun and doesn't deserve any monetary compensation, but the compensation comes in other forms of like enjoying yourself or building a network. So I, I just wanted to think that it's interesting that what we think about work and then we also call work labor. And it's, it's funny because labor has a double meaning. When you think about the, the meaning of labor, it also means giving birth. You know, you're, you're going into labor, you're creating another human being. So one would say that an act of creation is work. So is that why labor is work and going into labor, giving birth that women do is, is, is called labor? Like, like they don't, they don't call like go, I'm going into work or like they're going into work. They're having a baby, you know, but having a baby is a lot of work, like the work that comes after. And when we also think about work, it's like, just because you punched in some kind of time card, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're working because a lot of people like punch in punch cards and they can be goofing off behind the screen and, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're going on the internet, they're, they're exploring. And then, you know, once a manager or supervisor walks by, they like minimize that screen and they put up like a spreadsheet. And when, when I really think about it is that some of the most important work in humanity isn't exactly on the clock, like what Einstein did. It, there, there was no punching in or punching out or Edison creating the light bulb. What, was that a punch in, punch out thing? Did they get monetarily compensated? Or when their work, finally, it paid off. But before it paid off with those inventions, they were still working, but it wasn't really recognized as on the clock, you know? And uh, for me, if I'm going to be personal about it, like dealing with emotional and familial drama was some of the hardest work that I've ever done in my life. And, you know, dealing with some of the teachers that I've had that had bad attitudes, that, that was also intensive for me. 
And, uh, you know, I've never, you know, got compensated for putting up with familial bad attitudes or teachers bad attitudes. Now, on the opposite side of that coin, some of the actual work that I did get compensated for, I did get a paycheck for, was some of the easiest work that I've ever done. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't that emotionally intensive or mentally intensive, but some of it was just plain boring. But uh, let me see what Lily had to say. Oh, and Nikola Tesla. Yeah, you're right. Let's not forget about Tesla. Some would say that there's that whole like Einstein and Tesla little kerfuffle about who invented what and who took advantage of who. I see you. I, I understand. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of the work that I did get compensated for, uh, so, sometimes there was like a big family thing that was happening with me that I, you know, it, it, it's one of those like emotionally intensive things for me and it, it, it kind of gets annoying. So I would say I, I was actually happy that one day my work was making me work on Thanksgiving. So I didn't have to deal with some of the, it was a retail job. So I was happy that they were making me work on that day because I didn't have to deal with like the family drama of, having to go through some of that stuff. I was actually happy. It, it, interesting, interesting stuff. And as the old saying goes, when you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So there are people out there getting paid handsomely and they feel as if it's though there's, there's something more than it than just work. It's like a passion and a purpose. And, and it feels... It feels like a state of flow other than work, you know, as as a podcaster, you know, if I got handsomely compensated, it would feel more like I'm doing a service than work. And I think a good service that uplifts humanity in my mind is one of the best forms of work that can be done. And also just because someone doesn't accept any old job available to them that doesn't mean that they don't want to work. Most people, you know, they want to move up in life. And if they lost some kind of like, let's say C-suite executive job, I'm sure that they're not in a rush to get like a service industry job that they could have done as a young adult. So we have all these stereotypes of like, oh, these people who just got laid off, they should just accept anything and shame on them for collecting any form of help in this time of like, you know, but, but like the nuance, there's so many nuances there. Like, why did they get laid off? And were they heading up in that company? And usually a layoff is through no fault of their own. And it may take them a little bit more of a while to find the same kind of path. You know, they, they've been studying for this path maybe throughout high school, throughout university, they got their licenses, they got their degrees, they got their certificates. Just because that, you know, Taco Bell is open across the street doesn't mean that like, oh, shame on them for not just taking that and running with that. And, and they're, they're like terrible people, you know, like, like th those are very harmful, you know, stereotypes that, that I think that we have out there. And, you know, and those are like starter jobs you know, for, for what I think you may have a different opinion, but you know, it, it kind of sucks to like have like a job that, that like you, you did your starter job, you went to that top level 
And just because of something that happened through no fault of your own, you have to go from like a thousand back to like 10 because of, you know, like a, like a whole industry probably just shut down. And also we, we don't really realize that the search for work is work in and of itself. And sometimes that's not compensated, you know, especially for those who have just finished their education. And they didn't have the employment to get in any kind of like benefits program. And also, uh, we'll see the face of work change dramatically through artificial intelligence, AI and automation. And I think the pandemic has accelerated, you know, all of it, you know, creative, artistic and caring pursuits should also be considered work. And it's, it's imperative that we empower people with the resources to do that kind of work that they feel like they can really plug into. And also a lot of times I see that a lot of, you know, these volunteer things or these internship things make a promise to their volunteers or their interns, and they just pull the rug from under their feet without even giving it a second thought to like, oh, if they could volunteer, that means that they had time. And I don't feel guilty at all for just like pulling the whole rug from underneath their feet. But I, I really think that that is just so wrong because you never know if those volunteers or those interns are really struggling and they were really looking forward for this opportunity to lead to something else. And then the person in charge can just uh, liquidate the whole entire thing sometimes without even letting them know. And also you got to remember that the mood and environment will determine the motivation and the quality of work with the people who work with you or the people who are under you. And uh, last but not least, I do think if you ever read David Graeber's book, uh, BS Jobs, you know that there are some forms of work that diminish, unfortunately, humanity. You know, and I think that those forms of work are like some of these forms of work that actually are predatory, that 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 make that that profit off of misery is like, I rather a person have no work than work that requires them to fluff off the truth and take advantage of people who are financially struggling. I rather them like not do any work if that is the case. So, so there's, you know, there's work that, that, that's kind of like the menial things and, you know, and, and there's work that really props up like the good in humanity. And there's work that really props up the bad in humanity. And I don't think no work is the worst. I think that's neutral. I I think that the work that really takes away from you know, people's enjoyment of life and what they want to do and uses them as pawns is the work that I would be wary of. So with all that being said, uh, I'd like to invite anyone who wants to come up and share their thoughts about work. Don't be shy. We got John, we got Shadi, Stephanie, Ashley, John. Cool. Oh, hey, John. Come up. Hey, Ariel. Thanks for having me up. Always happy to hop on stage and chat with you. And um, I think there's a lot of weight to what you were saying. How we look at uh, how we look at work culture and 
something else that I wanted to throw out is we need to break these cycles of, um, uh, in particular, when you're talking about parents and their children, we got to break those cycles of uh, the parents having that expectation that you're going to follow in their footsteps. And, you know, it's, uh, this is something that has always driven me nuts because uh, I, I got to tell you, had I had a little bit more support in my youth, uh, I would be in a very different place in my life right now because mm-hmm. sound design is where I was supposed to be, but it took me damn near 40 years to figure that out. So, Wow. Yeah, I get it, man. I mean, I mean, for me, like my dad was a jeweler, but I remember when I was really young going to his booth and just sitting there looking at a bunch of like shiny rocks and stuff and being like, I'm bored as hell right now. Like, I can't I can't take this. How's he doing? <laughs> right. Right. Now, on, right. on the the flip side of that coin is, um, you know, I, I'm, I've been a professional chef for over 20 years at this point, And that is an industry that just breeds terrible experiences for people. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, and, and honestly, it's it's very humbling and humiliating, and you you do have to work yourself to the bone, which is why I've always said I think it really needs to be mandatory that everybody's required to work six months in the service industry just to get a feel for what it's like, because yeah. the way you treat people after that will change forever. Right, right. And you know, you know what's amazing to me? I remember um, my first or like, f- like second year of community college, and uh, th- there were all those like counselors around me and stuff like that. And uh, I, I it, it's funny, I wanted to like, get my feet work in the workforce as soon as possible, because I didn't really like uh, studying that much. I found it kind of boring. So I, I, I remember I asked some of these counselors and stuff like, uh, okay, so can you find me just some kind of like work that I can do on the side that I can fi- kind of feel that like, I can get that paycheck or I can have some of this. And they're like, uh, have you talked to any of your family or your friends? And I'm like, then what the hell are you here for? <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's like the the age old joke of uh, uh, high school counselors just not really being worth their weight in salt. Although I right. got to be fair, mine mine was mine was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, mine was an emotionless robot. But I'm talking I'm talking about like c- college. But that but then I'm like, isn't the whole point of this you know America thing that like we don't take the jobs of our of our parents. And it's not just about like who we grew up with and how we grew up with them. Like, don't you like create paths that like we can we can like do something new because we did get our education. And why can't that education be a high school education? And we can still learn to do some kind of uh, contributive working thing for society that doesn't involve university. Oh, Stephanie wants to come up. Hey, Hey, Stephanie. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? Great. Good. So I was listening to this conversation and I wanted to know if it would be okay if I asked like some questions about your thought process, Ariel, surrounding sort of work and what does work mean and what is valued, right? In terms of like what should be worth compensation and maybe what shouldn't, right? Is that, I mean, that's kind of generally what you're sort of, right? Okay. Okay, cool. So let me ask you this. Um, So Ariel, what what do you, and by the way, you know me, right? I always ask yeah. questions in the name of like thinking stuff through, right? So yes. let's just preface it with that. So what do you feel like at this stage in your life that you can do, that you do, 
that you have, whether it's expertise in, or you happen to be really good at something where there is someone who owns a business or someone who is willing to invest or whatever that is, that you believe would add value in a space where you can make money doing that. Does that make sense? So like, what would that, nice. what would that, what would that look like? Cause I hear you saying, you know, Taco Bell opened up across the street and that shouldn't just mean that you have to go do that job. I mean, of course someone has to feed you and take care of Like you can't mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, you need money to live, right? You, money right. is a transaction that gets you food. It gets you healthcare. It gets you shelter. So what area, what do you, what, like, for example, with you, as you're talking about work and how work is defined, what, what do you think that you do that would does and could add value in the space of, again, whatever the definition of work is right. you want? Right, right, exactly. So ba- basically for me, it's like, I really love like, uh, uh, pro- like gi- <laughs> I'll just be honest, giving speeches. But I, I see that, you know, when I, when I took those classes, they, they, all they tell me is like basically what I, I I took broadcasting in community college and I took all those classes and I, you know, finished all those worksheets and I did all those projects and, you know, all that stuff. But then when it came to, it's like, how do I get in the foot, my foot in the door? Like this was about like 10 years ago. Like this was my early twenties. Now I'm in my early thirties. The professors there and the people who worked at my community college, like, they gave me really, really like generic, useless guidance. So, I mean, I, I could help in like some kind of like broadcasting place, maybe like a radio station, like promoting something, talking with the guy or like doing something to help them like that. I think I would really excel in something like that. Okay. So let's go back to the giving speeches, because I think that you've shared oftentimes that you really enjoy sort of, you know, having a show or in some cases opening a room, depending on what we're talking about (laughs) and talking about your feelings about some subjects, whatever they might be. Mm -hmm. So if giving speeches is something that feels like you would love to do that, then who, so in the world of giving speeches, it would be one for you to consider what, what would you be talking about that would add value or expertise that somebody or some entity would want to pay you to come speak? And then who do you think the audience would be for that content? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Well, I, I'm, I mean, that, that's like, like we talked about before, like, I, like there, there was an, the, the Yang campaign when it was going presidential was like doing a lot of things in California. So I could have like, help them with something and gave speeches about his ideas as like piggybacking on it. And the, the, the places where I would go and the people I would talk to, like, I think that would deserve like some kind of compensation for that. So those are all unpaid positions. Those are all purely volunteer and the campaign would have to decide that you were able to. So for example, I'll give you an example. So the campaign would have to decide that a, you are someone who has expertise in let's say finance Right. Because, of Mm -hmm. course, much of Andrew's platform had to do with kind of a new way of looking at the economy and a new way to I mean, I think in some cases I would argue like redistribution of wealth. I mean, if we're being honest, but nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So if you if you wanted to go help in that capacity, most campaign positions, even on the presidential level, um, are volunteer um, Mm -hmm. unless you're bringing a specific expertise to the table that the campaign needs. 
So, mm -hmm. right. So in other words, I think it's, I think it's kind of the process of what do you love? Number one, like what, what do you really, really enjoy? Then do you have expertise in that? Then the mm -hmm. next step would be if you don't, um, the great news is, and I say this with zero sarcasm, the great news is, is that there are a ton of even like accredited online classes that you can take that you might actually really love if they lie within a subject matter that you're super passionate about, right? Where you could go right. get some expertise or some skill set that maybe like you naturally love it, but you need to go get some expertise in it. So that, so that somebody would say, hey, Ariel, um, you're an expert in, you know, whatever, or you have a certification in whatever, um, and you can speak knowledgeably to X. And so if you want to speak, again, it's sort of that process of who, who would be seeking out your information? Do you have the expertise to bring to the table? And then where could you be compensated for it? Because I'm tracking with the frustration in terms of what, what, is, what is considered paid and what is considered sort of something that apparently is not paid. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I don't, I don't know, but there's this, there's this kind of like, I, 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 you can think what you want, but there was this kind of like infantilization of my entire generation when, when it came to these things. And I remember being told when I was younger, when I asked these questions about money and compensation and what work is, everybody just told me to be quiet and just get good grades. Just don't worry about it. You have all your, you know, rest of your life to think about that stuff. Just keep your head down and keep these grades high and be a good little whatever. And it'll, it, you, you'll just, you'll just understand magically, you know, when you get older and they're wrong, <laughs> like, you know, and, and it, it's, it's like, like you're being told that. And, and then when, when you knew that they said that to you and they did that to you, and now you're, you're having all these confusions, they're like, oh, well, you know, it must be because you're lazy. It must be because like, you don't want to like do anything. You don't want to contribute when nothing can be further from the truth. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's very different. It's, it's, it's like if they wanted, you know, things to change or, or things to get better, it's like, discuss it, you know, they, they more to high school students, to university students and, and all of that stuff. Ariel, there's no question that our education system needs to be revamped in terms of how we're teaching, what we're teaching, why we're teaching it, and how does that translate into an economy um, that you can participate in, right? I'm just encouraging right. you that because at the stage of life you're in, that, and again, you know, John made the point too, that, you know, if he had had maybe a better functioning home life or some parents that maybe took more of an interest in him and his unique skills and what he had to contribute to the world, had he had some better and kinder <laughs> guidance, like, hey, you yeah, I would have been doing this. this 20 years ago. <laughs> right. And, and the truth of the matter is we don't always get parents that know how to do that or maybe are good at it or maybe they're not even interested enough to do well, it. Stephanie, right. the I, right? I love that you brought up the education system because I, I would actually attribute uh, more of what I was talking about to our broken education yeah. system and the uh, lack of options and explanation that there's well, a whole well, it's wide a world cycle. out there. Well, it's a cycle. The parents blame the schools, and the schools blame the parents. And you, you just, you just, and the parents went to those same schools, and the 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 schools created those same parents that are teaching at the schools. <laughs> so it's like, oh, Ariel, I think there's some truth to that, but I would also argue that maybe there isn't. And I would also say that the challenge now that is in front of everybody is regardless of what happened with the pandemic, at least for this generation, it's an unprecedented experience. And yes, I agree with you, Ariel, it did accelerate 
many things in technology. And yes, there are certain industries that are going to be obliterated through technology and some industries that are just going to have a shift in terms of technology. In manufacturing, much of manufacturing today is driven by technology. Also, there are jobs in manufacturing that technology can't replace. So it's going to be kind of a hybrid model of how technology moves forward. It's going to be people and it's going to be automation. And so I think that at some point what we have to do is say, okay, there's a list of things that have been unfair and that aren't working, but here we are today and we need to figure out how we're going to move forward, but with, but likely with expertise that is going to be needed in today's market, unless you're, unless you're fortunate and you have a ton of money and you don't have to think about this, or you have a trust fund and you don't have to think about it. If so, God bless you. <laughs> More power mm -hmm. to you. I think it's great. But for those that don't, I think what we need to say is what is this new economy? What does it look like? What are the things that businesses or individuals or venture capital firms are willing to either pay for and invest in? And what do I need to do personally to either create my own thing if I have the capacity to do that? Or how can I participate in the economy in a way that I will add value in a space that someone wants to pay me for that value? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But like John says, like, <laughs> uh, 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 like, like maybe for for me, uh, I'll I'll do that on my own. But I think there was such a big lost opportunity for all of these things when I was thinking about it when I was younger, and I was just told to like be a good boy and keep my head down, and that like it'll all work itself out. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, like like that's that that's thing and and but but I do see like so many possibilities opening up with I, I mean for instance like with with my drone thing and the opportunities in like real estate and you know um um just surveying areas and stuff like that but the you know and I and I also do see like that like I I didn't you know I did this thing in my youth it was called uh, I was at the YWCA it was called the Digital Learning Academy and I took all these classes on like 3D printing and uh, what, what, what is it? Modeling and graphic design and everything like that. But then when the, when, when I, when I graduated from that program, uh, it, it felt as though even with all the connections and even with all the sophisticated knowledge, it felt like I was back at square one. And then they had me doing a, um, internship for them that was, that was actually paid. And it was really nice. I was a, um, uh, what, what's the word that I'm looking for? A teacher's assistant for the class that I already took, but then it was a temporary thing. And then once it ended, it ended. And then, and then it's like, you're right back at square one. So I think there, there is, you know, something there to people who are frustrated with, you know, here's something temporary, here's something. And then here we're okay. Go back into the wilderness. Okay. You did. Thank you. Go back into the wilderness. It's like, Okay, Aaron, let me know. ask you a question. Of the 3D printing and the other things that you got to kind of take a bite of and be exposed to, are there mm -hmm. any of those that you found to be interesting where you wanted to go develop expertise in and so that that expertise could then translate into um, a level that you would actually, a company would be interested in hiring you to do that job? If indeed hiring is that, right. I mean, I'm just, we're, we're going right. to the premise that you were talking about maybe looking for a job. And then getting paid to be a teacher's assistant is pretty cool. But the reason those are temporary is they want other students to then be able to come in and have that experience. And then, right, that's the point of those, right? You get paid right. to do the teacher's assistant, so you have that other perspective. So I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, John is a chef. Um, and it, unfortunately, <laughs> we don't Hopefully have the ability to like- Hopefully for not much. 
Right. But right. but that didn't come from taking a class, right? D becoming a chef is a grind. Um, and I'm sure it's something that you love and you're good at, but it's a grind. It's hard. It's 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 very hard work. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Stephanie, if you would have met me whenever I first started this journey, like I was the guy that people called like, hey, we're having a lecture on aphrodisiacs. We know you're excited about food. Can you come be a part of that? But that love is gone because right. the grind does wind you down. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. So, I, I, Ariel, I hear you, and I appreciate you bringing me up to have this conversation. But I think at the end of the day, I, I hear your frustration. But the point is, is that we we all have to figure out what we are going to quote unquote do because most of us don't have someone who's going to say, "Okay, I'll I'll foot your bill if you don't want to work at Taco Bell, or I'll take care of you if you." don't want to have this particular job, right? I mean, that, that, that requires typically maybe family members who have the money to support you. Um, and, and many of us don't have that. And so I think, it's an, I think it's a great conversation, but I think at the end of the day, it's figure out what it is that you love and then you got to go develop some expertise in it so that you're actually competitive in the, mar in the market. As I said, if, if financial strain is not the problem, then, I, then, I, you know, then that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but if it is, it's figuring that. Yeah, yeah. It is, but 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 I but I just think that that th th this is I I don't I, it's all about me. I'm just saying holistically. I'm just I'm just saying holistically. There there there's something that's broken. You know, oh, Ariel. There's yeah. there's so many things that are broken. I I don't even know where to start. <laughs> right. We, we certainly. We, we certainly agree on that. I just, I think that before I tuck myself back into the stage, I think the point is, is that regardless of how broken it is, because mm -hmm. it is, yeah. um, it's what we've got. Right. And so for right now, while it's what we've got, we have to figure out what is the job market? What is the economy? What are the positions that are being asked for that are needed? Where sometimes mm -hmm. it's even like a little bit, a class here, here or there that will actually get you what you need to move on. It is, right. it is broken Ariel. A thousand right. percent. It but, is. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I, I, I'm not going to take it that, you know, people um, are, are being strung along and strung along and strung along. And at the end of that, it's a big ball of wax and then they're blamed for it. You know, I have a big problem with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't totally know. What does that mean by the way, Ariel? What, what sure, does that okay, mean? Okay. Okay. You, you ever heard of the phrase send we, we got sent on a wild goose chase? Uh-huh. Totally. That that's what it is with some with some of these things where they where where they're sending seekers through a wild goose chase. They keep saying, no, and then you just need this class and then and then you know and then you have you know this. And then it's like, oh, you you just didn't do this like enough. It's like you do you do the work to get the work, and once you've done that work, that work isn't there. You know, who are they, Ariel? Who are the who are the people or the company? Uh, who who is it that you've interfaced with that has put that have, oh, that have sent you? Uh, well, for me, uh, basically, um, I, I don't. I, I think I can talk to you about that privately. Oh, sure, uh, no problem. But yeah, the point is yeah, that you've like, had experiences where someone has said to you, right. um, "Yes, we want to hire you," or "Yes, we want to do this," and all you have to do is this, this, and this, and then every right. time you'll do that, you come back. And the answer is, oh, we're just kidding. Or right, yes. right, okay. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That you gotcha. got it, Stephanie. Gotcha. You got that. And, gotcha. and then, and then, other people look at you and they say, oh, that guy's just like he doesn't want to do anything. Right. 
that's I not gotcha. fair. That's not I right. Gotcha. That that's disgusting. If I'm being then honest, then my oh no, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And so my last my last bit of advice as someone who a understands what you're saying, b has been down that road, and c came out the other side of the road, going, oh, I get it, <laughs> is that there are many paths in life, and sometimes it takes us a while to figure out what path we're supposed to be on. And if the path means that you have enough money to live, you have enough money to eat, right? You have enough money for shelter and many people struggle with that. Um, unfortunately, in our country today, there there is a growing divide between the haves and the have nots. And what we know historically in the history of not just the globe, but certainly in this country, that is typically those are the key indicators of a society that's beginning to fail. And mm -hmm. so I think some of that area, I, can, I certainly can appreciate because that's true. Right. And that's yeah. why we know we're going. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Dog <or> clock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, but uh, like, I'm not, I'm not saying this for me. I'm saying this for my friend, like Jacqueline, who's in Erie, Pennsylvania, and she's diabetic and she, she, it's, it's hard for her to get to places. And I, I interviewed her and, and like, she has so much knowledge on mathematics and, and derivatives and like, she, she trades stocks, but she's in like, existential dread right now and i i don't know I'm, I'm just taken aback from some of these stories that i listen to about about how how it's all happened and this is why i'm so passionate about it if i'm just going to be honest here i can certainly appreciate that i really can I, I i i really i can ariel i think a lot of people are feeling terribly frustrated it's a this is a very hard time so again ariel thank you for what you're doing appreciate the conversation thanks for letting me join you and i'll talk <laughs> back into the audience all right, cool, cool, no problem. Yeah. So, uh, anybody else who you know wants to talk about their experiences and stuff? But, but yeah, but but okay. So another thing that I want to say is that I'm just not up here to like complain about things. I see that a lot of potential is lost because um, we don't we and I talked about this with Scott Monty on my leadership uh um you know episode but it pertains to what i'm talking to now is that you know in the u.s like all the um mentorship programs and skill programs and all of that were looked down upon in favor of more you know academic kind of like pursuits and it was kind of like a matter of prestige and academic you know pursuits became like designer you know handbags and things like that so uh, that's kind of like another thing we need to look at is uh, how not one size fits all. And when we see like a spark in the eye of like a young person that they know that this is what they're really good at and what they want to do and what they can excel in. Uh, I, I, I think it's funny how when I was younger, like older people told me, oh, but you were too young to kind of like know that this is what you really wanted, even when it came to things like this, like public speaking and podcasting. But no, I was actually young and I just knew from there. And if 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 the curriculum was concentrated less on the the what is it, the general studies and more concentrated on like, hey, this is this is what they want. Let's just put it in that direction. That would have made a big difference. And a lot of people had that actually happen to them, uh, uh, you know, in, in my parents' generation and not so much in my generation with the college for all push. You know, what do you think about that, John? 
Hey, sorry, I was having a little bit of delay there. Um, oh. Actually, I was having some some serious sound issues. What was the last sentence you said regarding college? Oh, I, I, I said, like, before the College for All push, like, what what happened was is that, you know, they, they used to have these things where they, they would actually concentrate more on skill building and put people more into, like, some kind of industry that required, like, a certain, you know, set of skills, and they would really help people out with that. But for my generation, they thought that was a bad idea, and they did this, this, this push for, like, academics for all. Yeah, yeah, and now uh, the, a lot of us are still going to be in debt until the day we die. So uh, my, my one and only response to that is, I think I've said this to you before, Ariel. If you, if someone you know, if any of your friends, family members, people close to you, people not close to you, ever say the words, I think I want to go to culinary school, you have a moral obligation to reach out your palm and slap the hell out of them. Because <laughs> um, it's 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 interesting because like you know I've been in I've been in this industry for twenty years and I I was in it for ten before I even went to culinary school. Taking those two years off to go to culinary school removed me out of the line of work for so much that it was impossible to climb back to where I was. It was. Like, I was a pretty success successful chef before I went to culinary school. After culinary school, it was next to impossible to land the good jobs. Mm, wow. How, how, how long after culinary school did it take for you to land something? I mean, I was able to land something uh, right away, but in order for me to get oh. back to where I was, it took damn near six years. Back to where you were as you yeah. pay off all the debt? Oh no no no! I'm still I'm in a, I'm still in debt, man. That's uh, oh. yeah, that's a hundred and twenty thousand dollars that I I now I work in an industry that doesn't pay you enough to pay those things back. So I'm gonna have that hanging over my head for a long time. Oh, so so what what do you mean by back to where you were? Uh, just as far as position on the the ladder, so to speak, uh, for me to get those executive chef positions and to get decent paychecks and to have them in places that have potential to thrive. Um, you know, this oh, industry okay. is very cutthroat. It's very hard to navigate. Um, and uh, yeah, like it took six years to get back to uh, where I was, you know, as an executive chef at like a four or five star restaurant. And by the time I got there, I had burned myself out completely. And my love for food has still not come back. Until oh, I started wow. talking to some of you amazing people on here. And now the conversation is going, but um I see. But I, like, but so you were there before, because if you're saying back to where I was, yep. were you were yep. you at that level? And then they said, we're requiring everybody to go to culinary school to like stay at this level. No, no, actually, my my thought process was uh, go to culinary school and, and use that to like, as I progress, maybe I can go into uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously going to have to go out and work in the field again after culinary school. But ultimately, I think I kind of wanted to lead that into being a chef instructor at a culinary school. Right. So that was kind of my my way out of the kitchen and my way to stay with food. But, um, you know, before I went to culinary school, I think the, the last position I held was at a five star restaurant in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And uh, when I got out before or when you were going. 
before. Oh, okay, okay. You you were working at that five star restaurant, Sierra Rapids, Iowa. Yeah, I was executive chef there, uh, but I wanted to kind of prepare myself for the future, and that was the idea of going to culinary oh, school. But okay. doing that took me off of the job market for two years because culinary right. school is all day, every day. So by the time I got out, they're like, "Oh, I see you have some great credentials, but you really haven't done anything in two years." <laughs> So guess guess what? We're going to get great work from you for zero pay. Awesome. Great. Right. Right. That, 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 that's why I think the ball, you know, everybody's going nuts over like the enhanced, you know, unemployment stuff. But I think let the ball be in the in our court for a while because it's been in their court for like so long. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that, that I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just talking in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I get you. It's, uh, you know, this this last year and uh, earlier on, we were talking about how the pandemic has uh, affected everything. Uh, I got to tell you, the way that it hit me in my industry, uh, I, I am now fighting tooth and nail to figure out what I'm going to do next because I'm not going back to restaurants. Um, I'm, I'm not going back to food service, not after what just happened. And if what happened with covid happen, it's going to happen again. So I think I, I'm going to have to find myself to an industry that has a little bit more of a safety net in case something like this happens. Right, right. A hundred percent. But isn't that interesting that we're talking about like, everybody just says like, go get the education and uh, it'll only improve things for you. But in your case, you had to get back to like where you were. Correct. Correct. And, and on, I mean, if, if we're talking real about it at this point, I, I, at, at this point, college is debatable. Like, unless you're going into an industry that's going to be paying you six figures, you should probably not go because you're never going to be able to pay off that debt. And I yeah. hate the way that, like, Stephanie, uh, you were up here and we were talking about how the education system is broken. Higher education is far worse. Um, well, I'm, maybe not far worse, but it's worse for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is, is this happening with you too, John? You can hear me, but I see my screen freezing from time to time. Uh, it's happened to me on occasion, but it's not happening right now. I can see the green floating around you whenever you speak. So Okay, that, that, that's good. So I just, I just wanted to let the audience know that if, if, if I say that, uh, if, 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 I, if I end the show and it like keeps going and you hear a little bit of the dead air, just know that, uh, uh, that it, it, it like it intermittently freezes uh, on, on my end. So like, but, but, but this, this is what I love about Fireside is where we can be so transparent right now. For me, the fortune cookie is not moving, but when I move the audience around that, that is working. So the buttons may work uh, that this is what happens, but some of the pieces of it kind of freeze, but yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's like 45 minutes in I'll, I'll, I'll just make like my, my main point. My main point is just that with like, something is broken and we do need to like rethink, you know, like how, how this whole thing is going to work through our communities, through our politics, through conversations like this. And let me just put it at a caveat at the same time. Uh, it, it also helps to do the best for yourself and not use what's broken as a crutch 
that if something is in front of you and you can see that something can be fixed and something can be done, not to not to get angry at the brokenness and not to do that thing that can fix something or can get something done. Uh, you you can you can still be frustrated at the injustices while at the same time like uh, developing yourself and helping other people out and uh, you, you, you know just just doing well <laughs> all right cool awesome well uh, Ariel thank you so much for having me on I'm gonna slide back into the audience and see if uh, anybody else wants to hop back on here but as always right. uh, thanks for bringing me in the conversation bro <laughs> my pleasure John it's always a pleasure. All right. So, uh, yes, does anybody else want to come up and share their opinions, thoughts, or ideas? Let's see. Going once, going twice, going three times, and sold. Well, uh, let me just see something. Let me get Weightbot back on here. Uh-oh. Uh, yes. So that is it for episode uh, um, was 11 on work. And uh, none of my buttons are working right now. So what I am going to have to do is I'm going to have to probably uh, reset this that like thing and come back in. And hopefully it closes out. And it's been a great show. <sighs> And it works. <laughs>